Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 88 now, and this is Altai, joined this week by... Omer. Gumble. Matt. Shirelia. We got a full house today, boys. We got a full house today, and a lot of fun topics to talk about. And as always, we're going to have to start with the weekly raid, so I'm tossing it to you, Gumby. Well, this week, I actually wanted to recount last week's weekly raid, because we got to fight quite a few comments... Uh, last week, we asked everybody if they could see themselves playing games in an internet cafe. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, the overall response, or at least some of the more positive comments I read were, I haven't really used an internet cafe, but I kind of like to think I would use one. Uh, one here from Faye I thought was interesting. He had never used an internet cafe because the ones near him were kind of shady, but he used to go to his university's computer lab and play games and he would talk to people and he felt that it kind of acted as a catalyst for meeting other people you normally wouldn't talk to. Whereas Landa also responded and said, you know, when he didn't have a computer, he was more inclined to use one. I think we had talked about that, how we never were inclined to use an internet cafe, not only because um, there weren't really any near us, but we all had computers at home, powerful enough computers. And uh, one person I also wanted to bring up too, and I guess I will mention, well, I will, Brian, he said that uh, he doesn't play games, he would never play games in an internet cafe because uh, he doesn't want to be social when he's playing games. I imagine that's an attitude that's often unrepresented uh, or not represented uh, often enough that sometimes we just play games to kind of get away mm-hmm. from other people and we don't want to socialize. And I can understand that. A lot of times I don't want to deal with others when I'm playing a game. So I thought it was interesting. I think there's like a, there's an idea that people like to think they would use internet cafes. It's kind of like a, a romantic notion. We would go there, we'd socialize, meet new people. I think some people would, but I also think most of us are actually way too lazy, at least the people I know, to ever actually <laughs> leave, leave the house. computer and, and go to a cafe themselves. Maybe if there was one right next to me, I would do it, or I lived above it. But now we turn to this week's weekly raid, and this one was actually inspired by Reddit, so props to Redditor... Uh, we'll read his name because I know redditors love to get credit. Um, <laughs> lone Wolf eighty eight, but yeah, Lone is spelled like a loan. <laughs> I, I pressed the wrong one here. So this week, uh, we've talked about this before, especially in the beginning of the year, twenty seventeen. We really don't have big releases uh, in the MMORPG scene. Uh, so Lone Wolf eighty eight uh, proposed that maybe this will be the year of returning to previously played games because there really isn't anything new or not much new to get hyped about. And he's calling 2017 the year of the return. I thought that was interesting because you know what? I I bet it's right. We see a lot of games still getting support, lots Mm -hmm. of updates. We see a solid developers and publishers, including uh, for Wildstars, continuing to release updates. So I want to know, do do any of you guys think that this year you return to an MMORPG you had previously played? I know we bounced around a lot anyway, so maybe this is more for the audience. Uh, one game in particular I could see myself returning to would be Black Desert Online. I really like the look of the uh, Dark Knight class, and they've been releasing some big updates, and I've been meaning to check it out. So maybe when that new update comes out, I could see myself reinstalling the game. But I want to know if you guys had any thoughts, maybe Blade and Soul or Wildstar or Tree of Savior. Like, may I hold my breath? <laughs> Do you think that um, companies just kind of realize that making MMOs is not worth it? Companies, big American companies, yes. Uh, overall, no, because I think the genre is still growing a lot if you look at Asia. So that's, that's oh, yeah. big Western AAA <laughs> games, maybe. But outside of that, I don't think it really applies. But for me, definitely Blade and Soul is a game I'm going to come back to. They released the expansion packs. They raised the level cap. There's a lot of new stuff in Blade and Soul. And, you know, uh, after playing a lot of other action and more PGs, you know, uh, we 
played uh, Black Desert, for example, too. I want to I want to return back to the combat in um, Blade and Soul, which I've num- uh, I've described many times as I think the best combat in an MMORPG, and see if uh, you know how, how I play it again. So for me, most definitely, I'll be coming back to uh, Blade and Soul for sure with the higher. Do they have uh, Do they have realm transfers now in that game? Or I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, you, you, Cause, you, cause, you did fix like, the I'll PvP. Play. They, I'll they play. I like to play with you, Yeah, yeah, that'd you know? be cool. Yeah. Um, for me, it's been uh, oldies. You know, I know Gumbo's been playing Vanilla WoW, and I recently started Vanilla Dark Age of Camelot. I have to up, I have to one up him in his hipsterness. This game was originally <laughs> released in two thousand and one. Uh, private server launched earlier this year, so only three weeks ago, and it's uh, it's got over two to three thousand concurrent players uh, during you know most of the day, which is amazing. Which is probably more than the original servers had. You know when they launched. So the world feels full. It's been a lot, you know, a lot of fun. Omar and I played it a little a few days ago, and I do intend to keep playing it at least for now. Um, so that, that's that's what I've been up to. Um, I already returned to Elder Scrolls Online in the Division, so there's that. The Elder Scrolls Online wasn't the first time you played that, like uh, for the Sunday hey, Sunday. There's no, no, there's no, no uh, limit to the return. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, no, all right. There's, there's the no limit time, to the return. <laughs> the first time I played it was I. I think right after it went free to play, mm. I played it. Not free to play, but you know what? I mean. Yeah. Right after they dropped the subscription, that was the first time I played it. Sure. What about you? Any MRPGs you plan to uh, return to in 2017? Uh, but, uh, but I, I'm willing to go back to Blade and Soul. That's that was a really good game. I really liked it. Um, <laughs> I just got a little bit frustrated at the balance because it was really bad. She was mega triggered by summoners in Blade and Soul. Like I literally. Straight up- I should have quit because of she it. She quit because of summoners being OP. However, they are not OP anymore. They are not nearly the you know dominating the ladder the way they used to. The hunting well, skills have since balanced that quite a bit. That's good. I mean, the issue I had with it wasn't just that they were good at PvP. It's that they were like the best at everything, and it was like it kind of was just discouraging to play the game when yeah. that was the case. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I can see myself returning to Black Desert Online. Get this when it goes free to play. So it's going to be later this year, all right? So I'll be returning to Black Desert when it goes free to play later this year. It's it's nothing official, but I feel it in my heart that it's going to go free to play. I mean, if you guys look at the before, they were like the normal free trial codes. I think were like three days, right? And they gave those away to everyone. No more like uh, you know, free trial referral needed. Now they're giving away free seven day codes to everyone, like by default. So they they already increased the length of the free trial. From three days to seven days. Come on, what's next, boys? Free trial, and the price is down to like five dollars. It's gonna go free. It's happening. There might be some. What evidence. was it happens after our bet? There All might right. be some uh, evidence yeah, here. I, I I don't know if we want to jump subjects now or, but mm. Black Desert. Remember, it might be coming on consoles, right? Yeah. So maybe that'll no, be the is. time. It's coming. It on is coming consoles. on consoles. So I think when yeah. when that comes out, that's when either they're gonna go free to play or stick to or play to play forever. Game. So that's gonna be your. Uh, Fork in the road, I think. Do you think it's possible for it to cost money on consoles <laughs> and be free on PC if they segment the worlds? The worlds are going to be segmented probably already. Yeah. Uh, well, but- they were talking about it might be cross-platform, and they're also um, working with Silicon Studio, the creator of the Ebus engine, to make sure that it's uh, mm-hmm. polished and ready for consoles. But um, I think if it's going to be cross-platform, it will only be between one platform and PC because... I don't see them being able to negotiate a deal with Microsoft where PS4 players can play on the same yeah, servers as Xbox true. One players. Because that hasn't happened since 
Final Fantasy XI, which mm-hmm. was playable on PS2 and Xbox 360. Wow. Yeah, it's it's going to be just one console on PC, I think. The, the the ecosystem with consoles is very... makes it awkward to have them all universally cross-platform. <laughs> and I just want to point out that I, I think it's funny that that's what people focused on because they had already talked about console ports in the past. Mm-hmm. And what was the big news with this was actually that they were going to have Second Awakenings being added to the game. And the Second Awakenings are going to be there so that players that are already... Or that have already fallen behind have like a sort of starter weapon that they can awaken and kind of like catch up power wise mm-hmm. without having actually caught up. So that was the really big news that they announced with the Taiwanese um, Taipei game show talk. But um, everybody focused on the console ports, and I just thought that was kind of funny. Did all the classes <laughs> have their first awakening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all out. Oh, okay. And oh, except out. Dark Knight, which is, well, Dark Knight just awakened shit, right? Okay. <laughs> But that's still not on the U.S. servers. I think mm-hmm. they're going to wait until um, they've localized all of that shit before they release it at all. Mm-hmm. At least that would be the smart play. But um, The, the graphics thing, are also getting remastered. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, the other thing is that the graphics are getting remastered. and um, um, Well, they might be remastered. They're, yeah. It's not guaranteed. But I thought it was funny because even though it's a three-year-old, four-year-old game now almost, right? Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how the game is like aging and they want to touch it up i'm sitting there looking at it like it is one of the prettiest mmos we have right now if not one of the prettiest games on the market right now and they're touching it up like what is this it's gonna look even prettier i mean just like what company does that i i can't think of any of them except for maybe like eve online but eve online was never ahead of the curve like black desert is Eve looked pretty, but because it, it was easier to make like the backgrounds look pretty, because it's you know you weren't really interacting with the environment that much. But yeah, yeah I but hear you. It was never ahead of the curve. Yeah. That's the thing. It always caught back up. But yeah, so th- those were the major points. I mean, and mm-hmm. people that play it are also going to probably want to know that labor points are being pushed as a tradable resource. So you'll be able to trade labor points for something. I'm not entirely sure how that'll work. They don't have any details. But yeah, those are the big points. But everybody focused on the console ports. I mean, that's I mean, because that's like tangible coming like soon. I guess to North America, like other stuff is like it's gonna come to Korea first, and then we're gonna get it. So it's always like out of reach. So people people grab onto what they can get right now. And then, um, the mobile version. They just said that it'll be completely different. They talked about that in the past, and now they're just announcing that it's gonna be completely different. A lot of progress being made on mobile. I mean, excuse me, on console MMOs. Um, you know, besides BDO, we're also getting another one this this year, I guess. Uh, Path of Exile will be coming on consoles. Xbox. I, oh, just Xbox. Okay. Yeah, just Xbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do see a lot of console MMORPGs, and we've talked about it before briefly that we've gotten comments about, you know, is this game coming to console? And I think that the gap between when a game comes out on PC, at least for the MMORPG market, when it comes to consoles, is definitely going to narrow so long as they continue to be successful, which I guess they must be because uh, everyone's now pushing for the console rush. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I guess we'll, we will see. And I'm curious, maybe consoles will actually be where we look to to kind of invigorate uh, the genre more. I, I'm going to posit something, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So console players... There are overall less of them, but I would be willing to bet that overall they're willing to pay more than the average PC player. Wait, why? Why? 
because you so. have to you have to invest in the console. There aren't quite as many games open to you, so you stick to games longer. And That's overall, true. they complain about DLC a lot less than people on PC. I agree with you. I'll add a th another point. Um, they have not been deluged by MMORPGs the same way PC gamers have. I mean, for PC gamers, the choice of MMOs, free-to-play MMOs today, mm -hmm. is literally hundreds, right? Hundreds. And the, uh, yeah. Whereas if you're on a console, it's starting to get you know a little crowded, but you know, it, it nowhere you know you can play. It's you still count on, like, you can count it hands. on two hands. Still. Yeah, exactly. You can still count it on two hands. Yeah. There's actually yeah, there's only a handful. I can name like five off the top of my head max. I can name more MOBAs than I can MMOs. <laughs> Hmm. So scarcity is an issue, uh, is a thing. Um, also, the fact that you have to actually port it to console, uh, and there's some process that you have to go through with Microsoft or Sony, kind of uh, acts as a filter. So the pure Asian garbage doesn't get through, you know? Like, of them whoa, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, so what, what gets through is you know, they have to invest at least, what, like 50, 100 grand in the port, probably, at least? Probably more, yeah. yeah probably way more, more I think. Uh, so that alone kind of, you know, like I said, filters out a lot of these, like, random, like, buggy cash grab MMOs from Asia. So what you're left with is going to be higher quality and the <coughs> fact that there's fewer of them available. Uh, yeah, so I think they will yeah. make more money per player on console. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Shu. I was going to say, Blizzard actually released like a, a video about PTR and they kind of talked about it or how um, when they want to patch something onto like, like a console, it needs to be like perfect pretty much. So like, because people were complaining that there's no PTR for console for Overwatch. So that kind of gives you some insight that like they really need to be careful with their content. Like they have to be like on point because it there's a lot of resource cost in patching the game. So that way, like you know, there's a lot more quality control. Like what uh, Alte yeah. was saying. Yeah, that was a really good video. I actually watched it too. I saw it too. <laughs> they mentioned something about the fact that um, you know when you're patching a game on console, you're you have a chance of modifying Sony or Microsoft's systems. Like mm -hmm. I can imagine some. You know, unscri you know, scrupulous uh, Chinese company uh, patching their game as an excuse to just kind of steal all the Xbox Live information filtering through the network. So they want to make sure the patch you make uh, doesn't contain any like nonsense or game break uh, or mm -hmm. um, network breaking features uh, in that patch. So they basically have to approve the patch on consoles. So that was cool. That's nice too. I'm glad Microsoft and Sony are doing that for their players. Yeah. I don't You're know. Not? I mean, I'm optimistic on consoles. I mean, uh, because there's so few games on there. I mean, I think Neverwinter, the people behind Neverwinter Art Games, when they released Neverwinter on consoles, it was one of the, you know, one of the fewer, one of the earlier console MMORPGs, and they were kind of blown away with the success they've had on there. Because at that moment, the PC player base was falling off. I mean, at this moment, we, I, we don't have numbers between PC, between, uh, for consoles, but I think the game is doing better on consoles than it is on PC. Which game? Uh, Neverwinter. Oh, yeah. I think that they have a combined much higher population on consoles mm. than PC right now. I think so, too, because the PC player base has definitely fallen off. ESO, too. Same case. More popular on consoles than PC. Yeah. So console MMORPGs will definitely uh, keep becoming a thing. There's not a lot of um, games nowadays that are um, <coughs> made specifically for consoles that are MMOs, right? No, almost I, nothing. Because <laughs> before, like, I mean, you had, like, Fantasy Star, right? Yeah. That was specifically for consoles. Now there's, so guess, yeah. So I guess maybe like those games are set up well for console, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, any, I feel like any actiony game like uh, ESO, Neverwinter, they do work pretty well on consoles. I think Black Desert because it's action will be a little more intuitive on consoles. 
I think the the tab targeting combat will be a little bit, you know, a little bit more finicky and a little bit iffy on consoles. That's why I think a lot of the console MMORPGs are, you know, action oriented. Yep. True that. All right. I actually want to share a little MMORPG story before we get too far ahead. I thought it was heart heartwar- heartwarming. Uh, I think Matt described it as weird. I think Shu and Gummy will hear it for the first time. Yeah. So, yep. It's a little, little story. I got a message on YouTube, and I felt like sharing this with you guys. It's about a guy from Brazil who was, uh, who was in love with MMORPGs. And back in the year 2004, he was reading on a forum, and he discovered this game called Rising Force Online, uh, RF Online. Show some gameplay of that while we talk about this. But uh, it's, it's an old MMORPG. I did it first look for it a while ago, but it's, it's an older game. And when he discovered this game, he was absolutely in love with it. He read all the lore. He read about the races, the history. And when the game released, he downloaded it on his, you know, his dial-up connection. He lives in Brazil. His family wasn't very wealthy, so he couldn't even afford the game. But he was able to play the free trial. And he, in fact, he kept playing the free trial. It was like a seven-day free trial. He'd play it. And when the free, free trial time runs out, he'd beg his mom to buy him the game. And the mom's like, no. So he would just make a new account on the free trial. And every single time, he'd get oh a, little bit, a little bit further ahead, right? So this guy is absolutely in love with the game, right? And he says it's still the best MMORPG out there ever. So Holy shit. So after, after doing the free trial thing forever, his mom eventually does buy him the game. And he starts playing it. And then he, when, when the Brazilian version specifically was released by a company called Level Up, he ran out and bought the special edition of the game. It came with three CDs, the soundtrack, extras, and all the fun collector's edition stuff. And, it was a, and he, he describes that collector's edition as his prized possession. It made him so happy to have it, and he would always like have it in his room with him. But then he described, you know, in where he lives in Brazil, uh, that his house regularly floods. So his, his furniture would be destroyed. And one time, a flood came into his house, and it took away his special edition for RF Online. Oh, my God. And he said he, had, he swam through dirty water to get it back, right? Because it was flooded away, and he was trying to get it back. He swims through the water and grabs it, right? But it was destroyed, like all the artwork and the, 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 the CDs and the, you know, the packaging, it was all gone. And he was, he was deeply hurt by it. He was really saddened by that, right? So he was asking, you know, he actually, and he was asking me if I could reach out to the developers of RF Online, if they, if they could restore his special edition, or at least give him a way to buy a new one so he can, you know, get it replaced. And obviously, I, I cannot reach CCR because... They're a small Korean studio, and I've actually tried emailing them before, and they never responded to me. So, in an off chance, you know, CCR, if this podcast ever gets to you, reach out to me and let's let's hook this guy up in Brazil with a new special edition for RF Online. And he even uh, gives me a picture of the of his uh, of his CD over here. His anyway, prized he, possession, boys. This is this is the man's prized possession. And I mean, look, if you if you love an MMORPG so much, it's your first MMORPG. He says this is the best game he's ever played, and it's still the best game today. I mean, I, I think like, a lot of us, yeah. I've, like, never heard of, like, a fan that hardcore, honestly. Yeah, like, right? Would, that, you would literally swim through, through dirty like, water, flooded, what? dirty water in order to, you know, there's probably shit in that water, yeah. you know, at this point, and, like, you would do that for RF Online. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people don't even like RF Online, so, man, yeah, you guys gotta, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, this guy loves you, you know, you gotta, you gotta help him out, you know? Yeah, CCR, if you somehow hear this, reach out. Let, let's hook this guy up. I really wish that he gets a new copy of his special edition. It's his, it's his treasure, right? He doesn't want anything. He just wants another copy of the, like, the special edition. You don't even need the CDs to play anymore because we live you know, in a world where everything is downloaded online. But he, he loved his artwork. He loved the game. And I, I thought it was a touching story. Very touching. Can you even get the uh, special edition anymore? I imagine no. you can print no. it. It's, not, it's out of print. 
Uh, I looked on eBay to buy it. I was going to buy it for him, all right? Because, listen, this guy's story touched me. I would have bought it to him and shipped it to him. So I looked on eBay for RF Online, you know, special edition, nothing, zero, zilch. This Holy is probably crap. out of print forever ago. Oh. Uh, hey, maybe they got one in their studio somewhere, you know? Like yeah. A... <laughs> I doubt it, though. Honestly, this this is such, like, an old thing that there's almost no chance this will have it. But it's, it's, kind it's of, nice um, to see a fan. This reminds me... Uh, well, maybe a little bit of the video we watched last week of the uh, older gentleman who really enjoyed Asheron's Call. Mm -hmm. And this is just another story of how much a game like an MMORPG can affect somebody's life. I mean, this guy... Yeah. This this guy is your number one fan, RF Online. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that, I, I, it touches yeah. my heart. <laughs> Deep. Deep indeed. Uh, yeah, have you guys ever played heart? RF Online out of curiosity? For 10 minutes. Now that we have it up, yes, I played it for ten minutes. I, I played it with my mom, actually. Did you really? Yeah, we played it. We played it a lot, actually. I, I, I just remember. I remember having a giant shield, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I remember like spamming like potions. That's all I remember. It was like spamming such potions, good times. Mm -hmm. But I just literally spammed potions because because it was like back then, like we were playing like Ragnarok, right? Mm -hmm. And then and then RF Online was like like hip back then. It was like new. It was like, ooh, mm -hmm. look at this new game. You know what I mean? And it's sci-fi, so, even though it's not so because you still use bows and swords. <laughs> yeah, so, so we got it. And I just remember like like having three stacks of potions mm -hmm. and I'm literally like tanking a mob and I'm just literally just mashing it like as fast as I can. Good times, good times. Just mashing that potion, just like... Go ahead, Matt. I played it briefly when it came out as a subscription game. Um, mm -hmm. That was, I think it was thirteen when it, or twelve. I don't remember. My brother yeah, bought it. Ago. My brother bought it, and I uh, took his copy for a while and played it. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. It was like the first Korean grinder I'd ever played because it was briefly after we got our first PC in the house. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of ran around aimlessly for a while, gawked at the guy with the. Um, that already had a mech like right after launch mm -hmm. sat there like when do i get a mech <laughs> and then i quit like two days later because i didn't oh, know what rip. i was doing <laughs> i mean this game has cachet i mean you know you can make fun of the game for being old now but like and not too popular but this was a game that it's been running pretty consistently i think codemasters was the first publisher and when it went you know even after it went you know free to when it, when it dropped the subscription at, at no point was it really shut down i mean the developer picked it up and then, and then some other company picked it up, and the developer picked it back up. So the developer really has kept the game going nonstop pretty much since release. So it's it's an old game, but it's been running nonstop. So there is a core audience for this game. I mean, they've been playing nonstop, so it's there's something to it. If I remember correctly, it really is really popular in South America. Yes, I think so too. South America is the main is the main market for RF. It had a really cute intro song too with lyrics. Like it was like. Something about love and like it, it just sounded like really silly. I, I kind of like it. It was a good song. I vaguely remember that. I vaguely remember that. It was really cute. It was a really cute intro song. If you search RF Online like uh, opening cutscene, it plays in the background. It's, it's English lyrics too, and it's really really cute. They were they're talking about pot spamming in chat, and that reminds me of uh, hmm. I once watched this video of Seal Online. I was looking at PvP for some reason. I don't remember hmm. why. Um, there were, there was this guy. He opened his inventory and along it was like a row of two rows of four and they were all different kind of like potions or like consumables and as he's doing the pvp you just see the mouse at like light speed click across four of them in the same order over and over and over until someone dies and i'm just sitting there like i could never do that i could never do that without missing 
Whoever, whoever, whoever invented the cooldowns for potions, you, you are a great man, right? That, you fixed that. That, that was a good gameplay yeah. mechanic right there. That was a good invention right there. Potion spam, good times. Reminds me of Diablo 2. <laughs> but you ran out of potions in Diablo 2, though, unfortunately, because you can only hold so many. Yeah. All right, that was a touching story. And before we get some other stuff, I want to say one more uh, quick bit, uh, specifically about Kickstarter games. You guys know how much I love Kickstarter titles. And there's been a game uh, making the rounds on various MO websites, on YouTube channels. And I want to talk a little bit about it, but more specifically about what it's trying to do. I want to preface this with, this is, this is my opinion. It's not you know necessarily shared by the other panelists. So with that, panelists. Called, I'm a panelist. <laughs> You're a panelist. I always wanted to be a panelist. We're panelists. It keeps it's more sophisticated I that did way. It, right? Mom. <laughs> uh, the game is called <laughs> Ashes of Creation, all right? It's it's made the rounds. There's no way you didn't hear about this game. It's been public like they've had interviews on MOGames.com. They've had interviews on Massively OP. They've had uh I, I think Cry did a Cry or somebody else. They did they did a the video QA video. QA video with, with the developers. So they've they've done a lot to get their names out there. And they actually reached out to us as well, uh, me via email, and they, they wanted to give us some exclusive content for YouTube, meaning they wanted to do some kind of interview with us. And I, I just said, no, I don't want to do a video with you guys. And my reasoning is that this game, based on they, they did a Q&A video, and they showed off some environments in the game. They actually just put, a, put out a video right now showing off some more environments. I came out earlier today. And the reason I said no to these guys is they're going to do a Kickstarter campaign soon, and they're, they're building up hype. It's pretty. I think it's pretty ridiculous that company uh, that media. You know, well, the, the, the sorry for the rambling. Though. The segment was supposed to be about media responsibility, and I think sites like Massively OP and MMO Games that give these indie developers a platform to talk about hype on their game before there's any actual substance is doing players uh, injustice. I mean, look, the game ideas sound cool. They talk about their design principles and stuff like that. But when I look at Ashes of Creation, there is nothing here. There is no substance. They have environments. They have Unreal, Unreal Engine 4 assets, and that's it. That's all they have. There's nothing here. They're so far from an actual playable game that allowing them to come on, you know, on our website and talk, talk shop, build hype, is an injustice to players, I think. Because until they have something, it, it's just it just seems silly for them to build hype so they can start a Kickstarter campaign. They specifically did say they're going to do a Kickstarter, too. So after all this hype, after all these interviews with, with popular YouTubers and these big websites, they're going to start raising money, and then they're going to make the game. That's not the way these things should be done, in my opinion. In my opinion, they got to create something. Even if it's super buggy, unbelievably early alpha, have something playable, okay? We talked about the even that Vampire Masquerade game, this obscure Vampire MO this developer is making. He made something. He can, he can ask for money, and I would love to interview him about it because, look, he's got something. But when these guys... And this is not specifically about Asher Creation. There's a lot of games that do this. When these guys have nothing, absolutely nothing, and besides some Unreal Engine assets and some cool ideas, and they, they, they build hype, it's just it's disappointing. I don't want to give them an avenue to talk hype on MMOs.com. That's at least my philosophy. You know, I'm looking through these hmm. uh, these pictures, the screenshots on their website, and they have like uh, some like like characters walking through in the caravan. I mean... My question is, why not have that in your video or something? You know, like if you look, uh, let me post the screenshots. But they're showing a lot of like just basically environmental assets without any any gameplay. So I mean, I feel like something's up, right? Like if you look in this picture right there on the first um, screenshot, like there's there's clearly like characters there, right? Like walking yeah. and stuff. Like why 
why isn't that in the video? Like, why isn't there like some kind of just showing of combat or like anything? There is no like. I'll, there, I'll tell you, there, there's there is no, no way there's any combat yet. There's no <laughs> combat. There's mean. no gameplay. That's why. That's but what the, I mean. Like, like they, they, there's nothing in the game. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to say like, they're being dishonest about it because I think they did not. They didn't say they had any gameplay or combat, right? They, they clearly do have nothing, but they're kind of not mentioning that too much. But I don't think they're going to lie about it. I mean, I'm not saying they're being dishonest about it. I'm just saying they have nothing, and thus they should not be allowed a platform well, to give hype. Well, they have an idea. Yes, they have a true. game where it's touted as being for the players. I think uh, the, a big problem with crowdfunding that we see routinely mm -hmm. is, look, if you're a traditional business, right, yeah. you got to attract mm -hmm. investors. What, what do you do in a traditional business? You have a roundtable conference. A man who's 88 years old with a billion dollars sits down, you show him some PowerPoint slides, and you prove to him that you can make this. Mm -hmm. But what we get with a lot of these Kickstarter projects and, and in this early hype machine system is a lot of fluff and a lot of promise. But it's, it's important to remember that until there's proof of that promise, you can't get hyped because at least don't get suckered into giving away your money. It's fine to have faith, but it's, yeah. it's, you're, doing, you're, you're fooling yourself if you if you're gonna buy into it before you've actually seen it in action, mm -hmm. I, 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 I guess. Oh, go ahead. I have a whole new level to add to this nonsense. Okay, so <laughs> on their homepage, of okay, course, <laughs> they have a section called a referral program. So you can wait, refer what? your friends, and then you get fifteen percent of everything they spend in the oh, year. Oh yeah. Oh wait, really? Isn't that Where's shady? That? Uh, I just linked it. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll link it here too. Holy shit! Is that real? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the I don't like that you get a percentage of whatever like that that it, that's uh... it seems a little weird. They're trying to get players to help them hype the game and spread the game. Uh, Other games have done that with Kickstarters, where if you refer somebody to Kickstarter and they spend money, you get upgraded to a different tier, right? Mm -hmm. But they're actually paying you cash money to get more. Yeah, people. it says right here that like you to make that money. clear. Yes, you have the potential to play our game for free and and even be rewarded with actual cash back. I, I, I mean, look. I don't want to call them like dishonest. I don't think they're being dishonest. I think these guys believe they're going to make a great game and sure. all the power to them, right? That's not the point. My point was just that they have nothing yet. I want to see people who make a game. I don't care how buggy. I don't care how early it is. Have something playable that people can see and then ask for money. And then I would love to interview you. We talk about it. Come on to most.com. We'll talk about it then. But right now, I don't want to talk to you guys to build hype because you have nothing and you're going to you know, promise the world. And they do promise the world. You read those interviews, they talk about all these cool gameplay stuff they're going to have, the pie-in-the-sky ideas and dreams, how the game's going to be amazing. But there's nothing. It's just it's just some environments. And they're beautiful environments, but they didn't have to really do too much to get those environments. You look at Unreal Engine 4, the <laughs> built-in environments and stuff are gorgeous. There's a video of a guy making this beautiful mountain range in Unreal Engine 4. It said it took him two hours to do it. And if you look at the video, he makes it, and you can see the end, how gorgeous it looks. But this guy's not going to go on Kickstarter asking for millions of dollars after this video. But I mean, if, if he packages it correctly, he probably could. Oh, yeah, it just, oh this looks nice. I got, I, got, I got another level for you guys. So How many it. levels are you going to give us? So what this, this game, this? again, right now it's just a hype machine, right? I'm not saying anything, you know, it's not going to come out or anything, but it's questionable. Yeah. But the guy behind it, the main guy on their team, the top guy here, Steven Sharif, you know what he did before he decided to make an MMORPG? No, hmm. please tell what? us. Okay, he decided uh, he was a multi-level market, multi marketing uh, juice seller. Oh. So he sold these... What, really? Yep. He sold mango uh, juice called Zango. And it, it kind of worked in that model where, like, with, like with Herbalife, where uh, you, you sell to distributors, and you get a cut of everything they sell to their, you know, their distributors. And basically, it's just a pyramid scam. <laughs> 
Okay, multi-leveling marketing in and of itself is, is totally shady, unforgivable nonsense, all right? People that are involved in MLMs and selling dreams to other people, I think oh. they're, they're really sketchy people. You better link. Yo, you have it up. You have it up. Okay, yeah. good. All right. So this is a guy. Uh, he, he hasn't changed his... You know, he did this back in 2009, it looks like. And again, I want to say, an MRPG is not necessarily a scam. You know, whatever. It could come out. It could not. I guess it depends on their funding. Um, they do have real people working for them. A lot of former uh, Daybreak slash Sony Online uh, developers and designers are working for him. That, that gives them credibility yes. on, on, on the doable part. Yeah. And he is a relatively wealthy guy. I'm just telling tell you guys where he got his money. He got it by peddling some nonsense juice to people. Uh, he sold it to people who he told would get rich reselling it. But obviously they never did because that's how all these scams work. Yeah, that's, that's how I got my money. I, I sold knives. <laughs> so here's the thing then. All right. Why did he decide to go from that to making an MMO? Oh, well, I think he he's a fan. games. He actually likes the game. Like he, yes. Yeah, he likes the genre. Yeah. Okay. And I that don't just... think he's doing it for a cash grab. I think he's... No. Uh, I don't either. Passion project? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passion yes. project from yeah. the money he did by doing a scam. <laughs> I'm sure the guy's a multimillionaire yeah, from yeah. doing that. I mean, so he's made a lot of money successfully doing that. I mean, MLMs are shady, but he made a lot of money doing it. And that doesn't, again, he's passionate about the genre. He talks about, you know, again, the ideas are fine. You look at their their about section, they talk about housing, questing, sieges, PvE, PvP. I mean, they got some nice ideas, but the problem is it's just ideas. That's my yeah. only, my, that was my only concern with Perpetual this. Perpetual motion machines are nice ideas too. There you that, go. That was kind of rude. I, I don't know the, what they can do. The thing is though, like, like don't, don't get us wrong. Like, like, if you're out there and you really want to make this game and it's going to be as awesome as you say it is, like, we God really bless. want you, we want you to succeed because we want to play your game. Yes. Right? But, but, you know, just the way that, like, you know, Kickstarter has been going, Indiegogo, just everything, like, we've been burned so much mm -hmm. that it's hard for us to believe in your pie-in-the-sky idea. Because, I mean, we can sit around all day and talk about the perfect MMO, because we've done that. Yes, yes, we've, we've literally, done it We've literally done that. Um, but, you know, without showing us that, like, hey, you actually have something concrete that, like, we can see and say, oh, you know, that that could be an MMO one day, then, I mean, we're going to be very uh, distrusting of of what you have. So, yeah, just, just saying, we're not uh, we're not hating on you for no reason. All right, that's yeah. that's just the climate right now. And, and I'm just saying, our, my 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 only <coughs> policy is as long as you have something playable. You know, then let's talk about your game. At that point, as soon as there's something, there's substance, we love to talk about your game and everybody else's games out there. It's just I don't want to talk about games when they're in the phase where there's nothing there and you have some you have some unreal assets and some cool ideas. That's nothing at that point. You, you what you have is an idea. Now you need to actually make the idea happen, and that's the hard part. And I think everybody realizes that because that's why a lot of these MMO Kickstarter campaigns they they end up needing millions of dollars because these are these are not easy endeavors. Yep. Yeah, that was that was my. Personal opinion on, on so the, did anyone on the here whole actually watch the full Q&A? I know Gumball did. Uh, any, I did, yeah. Any any words on what the game is supposed to be? I know it's subscription. I know it's uh, PvP related, maybe. <laughs> oh, the Q&A that I watched, um, it, it didn't have any substance, so I really couldn't share. Okay. Uh, what I learned me, about Matt. Matt, go ahead. Why don't you get the details? I didn't read. I didn't watch the Q and A. Based on what I've read. Let's not hype the game, the... guys. Remember, let's not hype the game. You can talk very well, briefly. We're just talking about do. what the game is promising. Right, right, what right. it sounds to be. Go ahead. I don't think right. we're hyping. I don't think anyone right. can. I, I think after that, what, what was just said. I don't think no you're right. Fine, fine, fine. Fair, mistake fair. Mistake this for hype. All right. So based on what I've read, here's what this game will be: the basic gameplay loop. So you've got nodes, and these nodes, you have to go in. You have to settle the nodes, right? You, and mm -hmm. as you settle, you, you do like 
I don't know how you start it, right? But eventually it'll become like a settlement and you'll start getting quests. And as players do quests for this settlement, it'll grow into like a village and then a metropolis or something, right? Mm -hmm. And it'll get more quests and it'll get bigger. And then these metropolises can then fight with each other. So like you'll kind of be like a player built alliance just by doing quests for that specific metropolis. And what'll happen is you'll go into like this state where um, when you declare war against another city, you'll um, there'll be 24 hours to prepare to prepare for the war. And then like, you can actually go and take the city all the way back down to like its tiny little settlement. Yeah, so that's the basic gameplay loop. And they've got some sort of caravan system and some other crap. But God bless. I hope they make it. I hope they make it, all right? I really hope we get more uh, MORPs to do things different like they're trying to do. I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. We've seen so many cookie-cutter games that anytime somebody wants to make something different, uh, God bless. I hope it happens. I, I wish Chronicles are literally the best, best of luck, even Star Citizen the best of luck. But you know, I, I just want to play something in my hands before I you know, even begin to get hype about it. That's just me. Guys, you can own land. Whoa, player housing. I think every game needs player housing. Player housing is uh, is where it's at, boys. Well, that's an entirely different discussion, but... And also, speaking of controversy, we can pivot away from this to something a little uh, more interesting. Shu told me there's some controversy in, uh, in Overwatch, so I'm there's not... Always, there's always controversy about... I'm not sure what the controversy is, so I'll, I'll, I'll let Shu explain. I actually don't know. I mean, it's not really, like, uh, anything new. It's It's pretty much... When then, whenever they have those seasonal events, people are always gonna cry about like, um, you know, like racial appropriation and because because the new okay, the new event is the Lunar New Year, like Chinese New Year type of event, and there are skins for like the characters that are like white, um, for for Asian type outfits and. <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be a lot of drama over that. And I was just mm. wondering, like, how does everyone feel about that? Because it's a common theme where whenever they have some kind of character that is of a certain culture, there's always going to be a lot of controversy, a lot of social justice warriors crying and being, you know, complaining about whatever they're wearing or, or their Oh, come on. I'm, I'm looking at the habits. videos right now. There's nothing here that seems controversial <laughs> to me. I mean, what? You got Mei in a traditional Chinese outfit and all the characters wearing, like, Chinese New Year stuff? Who Who is offended by this? <laughs> Wait, I mean, I, I, you, I'm not. Are you preempting the offense? Or do, or do you actually think... Or, or do, you, do you know the people It's It's happened with other things. Oh, so okay. just speaking of Overwatch, um, there was, for example, uh, let's use Symmetra. She had a vampire skin. Okay? Mm -hmm. And... The vampire skin, like her skin tone, was more pale, and people were like saying, "Oh, you're whitewashing Symmetra." It's like, she's a vampire. really, like, she's a vampire. That's that's what happens when you become a vampire, <laughs> and and we constantly have this vampires a master race. <laughs> yeah. but we constantly have this SJW response to any time there's an event. It's like people are trying to find reasons to bitch like about everything. Um. I actually tweeted this um, earlier. I uh, mm -hmm. let me let me take a look because I got a reply. I tweeted, uh, I, ca "I can't wait to see what people are gonna cry about." And apparently, <laughs> people are already crying about stuff. Um, 
one thing I got. Somebody said that uh, people are already complaining that May is not fat enough or something in the in the what? in her she, new she outfit. She ain't thick enough. She ain't thick enough. Yeah, that's, she, that's is actually. Is she thinned out? Is she thin? Is she thin washed? Is she skinny washed? Uh, the thing is, I don't really think she is. Uh, she just has less clothes, right? Because, um, she's wearing like a giant like fur coat in mm -hmm. her because she's from she's from where Watchpoint Antarctica or whatever. So she's mm -hmm. wearing very warm winter gear. Yeah. And in the Chinese New Year outfit, it's it's toned down because she's wearing just pants and like a jacket, right? Mm -hmm. And and people are really complaining. I mean, and the thing is, she's not even like super thin. You compare it to like Mercy, or Symmetra, or Tracer, right? She's not like that in build at all. And yet people are saying that like, oh, you know, there's 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 issues like people are trying to like they thin wash know, their her, They're thin washing her or whatever. And look at those fingers. The fingers all, give all it away. Look at that beautiful. I mean, I look say. at the front page of uh of uh. There's only one way. To, there's only one way to find that for sure, guys. We're going to the scientific evidence right now. If all you look right, at the front right. page of Play Overwatch, you can see May's fingers. Play so, Overwatch. So I, I'm going to compare it to May's pre uh, default skin fingers if I can find maybe it. Maybe right. she lost weight, guys. You know. She's wearing a fucking gloves. No, she, right. maybe oh, she she's wearing gloves. What's wrong with it's, it's she's like people can't gloves. change their weight. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> she she it, in winter it's, you got to bulk you know for the winter you know that's you, you true that's fat. true the layers of fat like a bear. What what I'm trying to say is that we 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 live in such a day and age where you can't do anything nice. You can't have anything nice because the instant you try to you know reference some other culture or you try to do something, people are just gonna immediately start to be like, oh you know shame on you Blizzard, shame on you company for for mm -hmm. doing this when that's not their intent at all. You know they really want to have events for everyone like there's the christmas event now there's you know they had now they're gonna have the chinese new year event and people are gonna be upset about whatever it is like the I i'm sure people are gonna be upset about like the mercy skin for example because she got like a chinese dress mercy skin which is really cute and i really love the skin and she has a a, a <laughs> highlight intro where she like paints something in in i assume to be kanji i didn't really see it but I, I assume she's painting something in, in Chinese, and mm. people are just going to be upset about it. Ah, forget him. This is such a minority of player base. I linked a real picture of May that we should all appreciate, all right? <laughs> this is, all right. Uh, let, let me see this. Let this is actually this. May underneath all the clothing. She's not actually Damn. thick at all. This is actually May, all right? This is a leaked Blizzard... Uh... <laughs> leaked Blizzard document. Yeah, this is, a leak, this is a leaked kind of concept art, all right? What May actually looks like. <laughs> uh, people are going people to complain about everything. I, I don't think. Luckily, I don't think it's a big percent of the player base i think the people complaining probably aren't the people actually playing overwatch it's the social justice warriors and stuff that like are looking at the game from afar so blizzard can just ignore those people because i don't think they're offending their actual players but do you yes, think if a company so like blizzard if they if they step back once i think they open themselves to so much of this too like i remember the the tracer thing when before the launch her mm -hmm. pose her butt pose which to me it still looks the same, you know. Her butt still yeah, it really pretty, does. It's pretty present still. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what, what changed? Um, if you, if you, if you yield once, uh, they all just avalanche you with this stuff. So the you hey, gotta you can't, ignore you, it. Yeah, you gotta ignore. You can't it. yield at all because, yeah. like, you know, you, you, you give them a step and they're just gonna walk all over you. You know, mm -hmm. it's, that's how it is. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually happy that this whole Chinese New Year is becoming more of a thing in America. Like I see it everywhere here in Vegas. Uh, maybe because Chinese people gamble. I don't know. But every year, you know, the, you got the decoration. Yeah. It's just like Christmas. You know, they got they got the full you know decorations going, events, you know, special deals, whatever. Looks nice. And it's I actually fun, like this fun holiday. Overwatch. 
So everybody gets a free skin, by the way, a free box. If you didn't, you know, play Overwatch, maybe at least open that free uh, limited edition Year of the Rooster box. It doesn't hurt. I, I got Legendary in my first pack. I got the May skin, so I can I can thoroughly check it out if she they if they thin wash her or not. I got my somber buffs. My somber buffs. <laughs> yeah. I have another question for you guys. Maybe I don't know who here knows about cultural sensitivities, but if Asians wear suits, right, with this bow and t with, the, with the little what do they call it? Mm -hmm. Those things. Ties. That's what they're called. Suit and tie. That's what they're called. Ties. Suit and tie. If Asians can wear suit and tie, why can't I wear like a kimono if I want? It's the same thing, isn't it? It's like an old. I I, I agree with that 100. percent Yeah. Like, like I I I'm Asian and I I, I believe you should be able to do whatever you want. <laughs> honestly, like like if if you want to do that, it's not like you're trying to be racist. I don't think honestly, you know. No. Not so at all. Did well, hold on. Did did like did. Chinese and Japanese and Koreans just not wear suits until they interact with Americans and with the with Obviously, Europeans. Obviously, where do you, yeah they didn't wear suits. I don't know. What? No, I mean, how'd you not know that? Like I don't. You think everybody in the world at the no. same time invented that as like it's the, like no, when um it's like when Wallace and Darwin both discovered natural selection. Uh, East Asia and and Western Europe both discovered suits at the same time. Are you kidding but, me? Uh, but, but but did they start wearing it right away? Like the second no, they saw it? No, when they decided to industrialize, like uh, when. Japan... Well, and also with trade. Yeah, right. it was it was an way to solidify trade. Maybe when a when a when a civilization gets to a certain point of development, they just unlock the suit tree. Uh, that's right. I forgot like... that Sargon of Akkad also wore suits in ancient. There you Samaria. go. The suit tree. They right? advanced to a certain point. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, if you know, you you should be able to wear whatever you want. If you, if you think that's nice, you should you know. If, you should wear it, you know. If you're, if you're a dude, you want to wear a dress, whatever. It's up to you, right? I ain't gonna hate you. You're not, uh, you're not, you're not uh, being, um, what do you call it, misogynist or whatever. <laughs> all right, now right. enough social justice nonsense. What, what, what? what fun? You know who needs some real social justice though, real quick? Hmm. Winston. I mean, come on, man. Like, what, he's he's eating, eating bananas and shit. That, that's wow. racist. Wow. Right? right? It's totally racist. Do gorillas? Right? Bananas. Yeah. Do Do they even eat? Let me look. Do gorillas eat bananas? What do they eat like grass? Right. That's what I thought. An adult male, for example, can shred apart a whole banana tree to get to the interior tinder pith. Gorillas wow. ha are very selective foragers. They usually only eat parts of vegetation. Hmm. All right. Let, 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 let's pivot this away from the social justice stuff, guys. I want to I want to show off. Uh, Matt actually got a pretty cool mug in the mail. So first, let's talk about Alice Reactor because that's what the mug is about. Uh, Alice Reactor is back free to play officially. So again, we mentioned this when they first announced it. They said they were going to be. Um, they did this very weird system where they were free to play at first. Then they're like, you know what? We're going to be buy to play. And then now, like JK, we're actually going to be free to play. So they, they went free to play officially, and they sent Matt uh, a nice mug in the mail. So that's that's kind of cool. So we'll show that off. I think it's creepy. I think it's awesome. I would never drink out of that. That's actually the character I play in Atlas Reactor, so that is that, that looks hilarious. That's a that's a cool thing to put on your shelf. I gotta say. Yeah, Matt, did you use that all yet? Come on, once. No. Once you gotta use it. That. No, I wouldn't use it. I just put it on my shelf. Yeah. But <laughs> I, th I think it looks pretty cool. But it's Atlas Reactor, awesome. since going free to play, just take a look at that player base uh, jump. I mean, they were averaging like 429 players in December of 2016, and now they're peaking at 3,000, and uh, they low at like 1,500. So the average number went from like 429 players last month to up to uh, 2,000 pretty much regularly, which is a huge jump. And I think 
they did a very smart business decision because even as a buy-to-play game, if you don't have enough players queuing up, it's going to create imbalances. Games like Atlas Reactor, any competitive uh, uh, queue-based game, needs an ongoing flux of players to maintain balance. And if you don't have that, it's going to be uh, it's going to create issues because longer queue times and people playing against uh, pros, better players, and just dying right away and quitting the game. So with two thousand players, I think the the game is revived. You know, I was talking about consoles earlier, but I think this game would be really good yes. on console. It seems so simple. Uh, even mobile, honestly, I can I can imagine playing this on a tablet because all you do is like move and select an ability, right? Every this turn? could work really well on mobile, yeah. a tablet. Yeah, definitely. I'd be worried about it on console, personally. Why? They'd have to be. Uh, they'd have to set the controls to be really yes. good. Yes, it has to be intuitive. Like I was trying to play XCOM on console like earlier, and it mm-hmm. wasn't working very well. So. <laughs> well, they have three thousand players, so when in doubt, guys, make your game free to play, get a big boost. This is the they got the best of both worlds. They they milked all the all the people willing to pay, but then <laughs> you pay, you unlocked a lot of goodies too. So it's not like you lost anything, right? Because if you like the game, you bought it anyway. And they made a free-to-play, so they get the, the, the buy-to-play audience, and then they make more money on the free-to-play audience. So, we should play this decision. later. We should play yeah. this later. It's a, it's a fun game. We did they a Sunday funny video for it. Yeah. New character, new characters? too. Let me see. They're Let called freelancers in this game, not characters, Shio. Respect them. Oh, God. I went to freelancer.com. <laughs> what? Atlas Reactor. I don't know why I thought the game was called Freelancers. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Let's see what we got. What's new? Because I think that was like my biggest complaint was the lack of characters. Oh, I like that Bryn. Skywarden. And... Okay, yeah. I'll play this game again. <laughs> Alright. Uh, moving on, let's uh, let's touch uh, on a hype me up of the week. We have another fun one. It kind of arose unexpectedly. I'm going to let Matt take it away, but I wanted to say the little mini story. Matt was playing Worlds Adrift, I think. And I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll see what the deal is. I saw him stream it before. I'll go on for you know, five minutes to see what the deal is. I log in, five minutes, I'm playing. I'm like, wow, this game is pretty fun. And then I ended up playing for six hours, and we streamed the entire thing on Twitch, if you want to skim and look through that. But I didn't think I would play. It looked pretty boring, but I, I had a lot of fun. So Matt, talk a little bit about World's Drift and tell us the spiel, why we should be hype. All right, so imagine a survival game. And instead of being on flat earth you're in like an infinite world in the sky and in the sky are a bunch of floating islands okay so now you've got a good idea of what you to expect from it so because it's in a floating island world you have a grappling hook and you also build ships and the game's a little weird because the ship is more like your base like you can't build like things on the ground you you overall try to build a ship and then later replace it with a bigger ship until your ship is the biggest you can make it, mm-hmm. I, I guess. But um, yeah, you just build ships, go from island to island, and you find more schematics, you build better ships, and just over and over in an infinite world with a bunch of other players. It's an MMO instead of like a... Server-based. Like, yeah. yeah, server-based. It so, looks um, awesome. Show, show off the video in the background. I mean, this is... Mm-hmm. If you like Rust, you like uh, Ark, and you want to play in a persistent world, this is... Correct if I'm wrong, is this the only persistent world survival game? Uh, no. It's not? Would, what else is I there? I would definitely call Mortal Online a persistent world survival game. Really? Yeah. I thought that was more like Ultima. It has an Ultima-like skill system, but it mm-hmm. plays like a survival game. So uh, it's 
persistent world, which is I, I think uh, I think one of the missing elements of the Rust experience or the Arc experience, in my opinion. I play a lot of Rust, didn't play too much uh, Arc. Was the persistent element, so I feel like that gives the game a little bit more meaning, having that. And instead of base building, the ship building is kind of cool too. And you can make the ship however you want. You know, there's no there's no really limit to your size. You can make it a giant floating castle if you want. And there are defaults, so if you don't have any like ability to make like a ship frame on your yeah. own, it'll they'll give you a default. But then once you've got that default frame, you have to plaster on every single panel and every single like engine individually on your own. It's just the frame you build at once, and then everything else you just plaster on one thing at a time. So this is like one of those games, like you guys said at Rust, where you run around, like you start naked, you cut down the trees, you mine some nonsense, you build. Yep. Uh, and then open PvP, you die, you lose everything. Right? Yeah. That's you a- lose everything, but you're oh, what you have fixed. But yeah. you're what? You- Schematics. schematics too because you learn those permanently okay. but let's say you have a gun equipped right because there's only like one or two guns in the game right now anyway like things you can actually equip you'll you'll hold on to that but you lose everything else on you mm. like you'll lose your your ammo and everything else but having the gun is really not that big anyway because they're kind of easy to craft so they're just expensive at first yeah what, what stage are we at in development i know you guys played the alpha or pre-alpha yeah it's alpha right alpha. now and they're going to be going on early access sometime this year okay they didn't really say but i think People have said that this alpha is going to go on until early access begins. Mm-hmm. So and what are we talking? Be... Uh, free to play, by to play, to play. It's going to be by to play. Yeah. Okay. Again, I didn't think I would have fun. I'm watching the the trailer looks cooler than the actual game, probably. But I watched Matt stream it earlier by himself, and I was like not impressed, you know, because I played Rust, and I don't know. The game was super laggy. It was very, very early in the process. And even with the lag, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I went into it not expecting to play, and I played for six hours straight. <laughs> Eventually, yeah, the servers went down. I think shortly afterwards, anyway. But it was it was a lot of fun. And I mean, one of the most fun things is, is so they have Atlas cores on the ships, which are basically the things that keep the ships afloat. Like you have the engines that propel them forward or the sails, <laughs> but the Atlas cores keep them afloat. So one of the most fun things that I've found to do is find people with ships, shoot them, and then destroy the Atlas cores, jump off, and swing off of the island <laughs> at like the last second before you fall too far. So you can see the ship like falling down, and you and you you grapple out of it with your rope, and you just swing while you see it falling in the background. It's a very satisfying feeling. It's much better than blowing up bases that are on solid ground. And yeah, you gotta give them credit for that too. They're doing something a little bit different. One persistence, two instead of bases, the way we've seen in so many other survival games, you build ships, and your ships are your bases. So it's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to the, the launch for sure. So it's and air when pirates. It gets more players, it'll be fun. Yeah, you're basically sky pirates. Everyone's a sky pirate. And it's it's really fun. Hmm. So, yeah, solid game. I mean, the persistent part makes me at least willing to try it. Where I was never a fan of like Rust and stuff. I know it's probably the minority opinion here, but those mm-hmm. games just kind of seem pointless to me because by the time you build up, um, there was either like a server wipe in process, or yeah, or your your friends just jump to the next server. So it it, it kind of looked like a treadmill where you never actually make progress, you know. At least here, everything is persistent. The thing they talk about is like you chop a tree down in one island, or you throw some like item down on the ground. The item on the ground will be there forever until somebody picks it up. Like it's not going to disappear. Wow! So everything, even like the items and terrain yeah, changes, so, are persistent. <laughs> so that's everything hella cool. is persistent unless you're driving your ship and during a server reset. Syntax, what happens when you the ship when you log off? That is actually uh, a funny issue because your ship will actually be in the world. There's no like safe place for your ship. So yes, if unless you hide, you have to hide your ship. Otherwise, it's gonna get you know raided. 
So you have to hide it somewhere. The world is ginormous. You can try finding maybe like a place to hide it, but you're never truly 100% safe. And there was always like a risk in persistent games. I mean, even Rust, your base can be raided. So I'm not sure how they're going if to, they, if they plan to tackle it any differently. But right now, you are vulnerable when you log off. Interesting. Did you uh, show the video on stream? Uh, we showed off the. I'm sure you showed off some gameplay. But oh, yeah, I'm I, I did the upload video, it. like the video that you, you know I'm talking about. The video. Yeah, it's a, it's it's on it's on YouTube. I uploaded to YouTube if they didn't see it. I mean, it, it needs some context too. But uh, <laughs> I made a funny video of me falling down in in the game on World's Drift. I know she saw a stream too. It was again yeah, surprisingly fun. Yeah. So this is Remo mm -hmm. falling off a ship, I guess. And I just like how emotionless his character looks. The the music is what does it though. You have yeah, to listen to the music. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, <laughs> you, you you were really into that game. Yeah, I, I didn't expect to, but I'm glad I, I hopped on. Also, I, I know. We got we we got we got to mention this because Gumby said earlier um, that we have no big MMORPGs launching in twenty seven potentially. Yo, we got we got one. All right, we got we got Moo Legend. Moo Legend's launching its second closed beta soon, and I actually kind of want to play. I, I had fun in the first round of closed beta, but the only thing is I don't like playing closed betas. I don't like my character getting wiped. So when this game comes out, I'll definitely play it just to see if I like it because I do like Diablo style action games, and. I thought the closed beta was a lot of fun. Uh, me too. Had fun. This game will be huge, I think, and uh, globally. Yeah. Yeah. This game was. Gonna, I think it's gonna pass a lot of what we think are you know like better looking games because like they're gonna have a global server. It's gonna service mm -hmm. what Latin America, North America, a everything but uh, just Korea probably. Korea will probably have its own server. China might too. But the cool thing is beyond that, there's not gonna be an IP restriction, and even the client is gonna be localized in like Polish and all these other languages too, like Brazilian. Uh, Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese. By the way, uh, before we're crucified uh, again, we don't mean that there's no MMORPGs launching this year. We know there's a couple. There's just not yeah. many. Yeah. Yes, Revelations coming out. Crowfall may have their uh, supposed to have their beta, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. It's just the, play, the platter is tiny. Right. They're, they're samplers. I'll 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 go on a limb here. I think this will be the biggest launch of the year. Moo Legend. You think this? Do you well, think it'll be bigger than Revelation? Yes. We'll see. I mean, I I, I, had a lot, I think I had more fun with this night with Revelation, personally. Uh, yeah, I think I, I would say the same thing. I really enjoyed this game uh, much more than I thought I would. I'm actually looking at our Sunday fun day now. Do you know why? It had damage charts. All right, boom. All about the damage charts. Our, I remember our biggest issue was just that at the time it wasn't optimized. Um, yes. So we ran into some issues when there were too many enemies on screen in the um, endless elevator. I'm not really sure how to say or endless dungeon. But it's a very flashy, very stylish game, and lots of big mm -hmm. numbers to make you feel like you're much stronger than you actually are. <laughs> I like when games make you feel that way. And big numbers yeah. on the screen. It looks like it's made with like lower graphic settings so that it can service a bigger audience in East Europe, That's South fair. America, That's true. than a lot of these other games. I mean, I think a lot of people... It's, it's either this or Revelation, which are the only games like on the nearby horizon that are going to be pretty big. And again, you can't undersell Revelation either. That player base in CBT1, when we did our Sunday Funday video and went to my first look video, it was enormous. Enormous despite the fact that it was not it was not localized at all and it was laggy. And it was unbelievably popular. Even today, people are, every time we give Revelation Online keys away on the site, they go instantly. People are camping those keys. They don't last more than an hour. Like they go so quick. 
when somebody links like on the on the Revelation forum, like, oh shit, these guys got keys, go get them. So they are the the, the hype for Revelation is real. So I think people you might be surprised how big that game ends up becoming too. But after playing Moonlight Blade, it makes me hard to get hype about Revelation. Honestly, I feel like Moonlight Blade captures a lot of what Revelation did, but in a nicer environment and even more fluid combat. All right, prediction time. So my oh recently boy. got uh, Warface, right? They're licensed to Warface? Yes, they picked it up from Crytek. Okay. I say Daybreak and my One is going to buy the other. They're going to merge. Really? Yeah. Both Russian, both publishers of these, uh, you know, MOs. That's my prediction. Boom. I think, I mean, my.com is ginormous. I, so I think then my will buy Daybreak one. then. My will have to buy it because my, doc, my is owned by Mail.ru Group and they're a big, big Russian internet company. And I think they, they could easily afford to buy out Daybreak if they wanted to. And we, we are seeing my.com get more serious about Western and more RPGs. And they, they got Warface as well in North America and Europe. They're, launch, they've, you know, they're, they're launching Cloud Pirates. And Revelation, these are all new. They're pretty relatively new MMO publishers. You know, we think MMO publishers in the West. We we got Area stuff like that. But these guys are came out in the last two years. And they're coming. They're coming strong. So it's possible. We shall see. Especially, especially because you know uh, Daybreak Games. It's owned by a hedge fund, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think those those hedge funds buy companies to run them forever. They buy them to improve them or make them leaner and then they flip them for profit. Mm -hmm. Typically, hedge funds don't maintain businesses forever. So we'll see if all that prediction comes true, though. Indeed. Make sure you write that one down. All right, I'm, I'm writing it down right now. We'll keep it real. All right, keep What's it your real. time frame? What, give year. us a time frame. This year. I think that's fair. Uh, and, we, and we talked about Worlds Adrift. Uh, there's another sandbox survival uh, game coming out this year. Who knows what I'm talking about? Oh, we all know what you're talking about. I'm hyped for it too. A little Conan and Exiles, Conan baby. Conan Exiles. That's right. Uh, what's what's the word? Someone give me the word on this one. Well, they announced that it's going to be thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. That's pretty uh, good. That's acceptable. That's what I expected. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's. It, I think if we had to really like describe it, I think this is the first like survival game that's come out that really looks like it has a triple a budget behind it so i, I feel like 30 dollars is fair <laughs> so i mean it, it it looks really good i mean daisy of course was also a triple a survival game but i mean th this really looks like a triple a survival it looks gorgeous so. again if you, if, you've, if you haven't seen the the latest video dominate in the world of conan official if you like survival games check it out i mean i know not everyone this is not the cup of tea for everybody but it looks it looks amazing controlling those gods and being able to smash those buildings. Uh, okay, I think it'll be fun. Let me tell you a little more detail about some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So first off, you you control the gods by basically like there's a huge process that goes through it. Like you have to make an altar, you have to level up that altar to level three. You have to capture a high priest thrall for your own religion. Like you specifically have to find it. And there are three religions. Um, Yogg, Set, and Mitra. I can't remember what how, how it's set, but I think it's Mitra. And then there's the fourth one, Crow, which is the non-religion because Crow doesn't receive worship. So you buy that. You, you buy into his religion if you don't want to do any religion stuff at all. So then once you have an altar, you have to do like certain activities to gain favor with that god. Like with 
one of the gods, I, I'm not going to pretend I know which gods <laughs> are which right now. Um, one of the gods you have to bring, uh, oh, it's Yogg. Okay, so you bring, you, you kill enemies, right? You bring their flesh back to the Yogg pit, you cook it, and then you eat it. And you eat their flesh, and by being a cannibal, you uh, Holy gain shit. favor with that god. And there's another one that is, um, like, the one that thinks they're just. Like, it's for the people that, like, have this sense of superiority. Like, what they're doing is right. That mm -hmm. religion, you burn enemies' flesh with a certain artifact, and you gain favor through that. It's, it's, it's insane shit. Dude, this game is so bloody. I'm like looking at the, the mm -hmm. video right now. Holy crap. Well, remember, and, uh, the original selling point of uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Conan, Age of Conan, was like the whole it's super violent and like un, you know restricted because you can show you the, got boobies. Yeah, you can show your character's boobs in the game. So uh, they're following that up with cannibalism and blood this time. But look at the guy. Like, you can see at the end of the video uh, for the dominate the world one where you can see them control that giant like. Statue yeah, of a man. that's crazy. You can literally control that guy when you summon him, and then obviously you you can still run away from those people, right? But the people can run away, but the buildings you will literally just step on their their creations and destroy everything they have. Okay, here's you the get thing that. about those though: they're only available for a short time, mm -hmm. and once you're you have it takes a long time to summon them, and during the whole summoning process, you're um stuck in one place, and then while it's summoned, you're stuck in one place, and you, you're completely vulnerable. You have to be defended from other people. Mm -hmm. And um, that's that's how they balance it. Like, that's God's avatar is only going to stay summoned as long as you're alive. Dude, I want to be that giant snake. <laughs> right? It looks so cool. Holy shit, dude. All right, all right. Day one stream. Gumby, Matt, me, uh, Shu, and Aaron, if you're down. Uh, day one stream, boys. Let's do one, it. Yeah, if we get keys. Um, uh, all right. Well, I'll buy the game. Though. Also, don't get well, keys. day one, I know it's alpha or whatever. I don't know if you can. But, but... Yeah. When is this? When is this uh, no, it's, it's it's launching on early access in exactly a week, next Tuesday. Oh, cool. Oh, damn. Let's go. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely. down. The, this... And um, I also wanted to throw it out there. Another cool thing. So you saw the guy dragging somebody across the ground with a rope. And then mm -hmm. you saw the people pushing the wheel around. Mm -hmm. Basically, what happens is those are NPCs. And what you have to do is you capture them, you drag them all the way back to your village, you put them on the pain wheel, you break them, and then they become your thrall. They become your and, slaves. How cool is that? And um, when they're your thralls, the, certain ones will like defend you. There's the high priest one, like I talked about earlier. And I mean, it's just crazy shit. And they have different like tiers. So like, you have, you'll have more to work towards until you have like the highest tier of like mm. named thrall. And it's just, I'm just, I can't believe that all this shit is in there already. Yeah, I'm, Dude, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm calling in, I'm calling in the, the militia. Let's go MMO's army. Let's go. MMO's army, boys. MMO's army. Uh, yes, it is. It is by Funcom. <laughs> but yeah, we're curious it's, to see how it's gonna do. It looks really, really cool, actually. Yeah, I, I you, you have to like survival games, myself. but it looks cool. I would not see myself playing a Conan game, but this looks sick. Well, I mean, we're playing it not because it's Conan. Again, I think we mentioned this before. Conan has no meaning to to our, I guess, our generation, really. Well, speak for yourself. All right. I got the whole it actually has edition. a reverse for me. Really? A reverse meaning? What do you mean, Shio? But it's, it's reverse for me. It's like I see the Conan, I'm like, ugh. It hurts. It hurts. Oh, yeah. like anime. Ugh. And you get mad at people like that. <laughs> well, it's more because I, I just think of... Uh, I mean, I guess with this type of game, it works really well, mm -hmm. you know. But like normally, I wouldn't see myself wanting to play like a barbarian-esque like 
type of a game. But I guess if you were to frame it in like that rust mindset, it kind of makes more sense, you know? Mm-hmm. The uh, what do you guys think? What are you guys more excited for, uh, Conan Exiles or Worlds Adrift? For me, it's Conan. Well, it's Conan because it's going to happen next week. Worlds Adrift is going to be, I think, it's still a, a while away before they get into like Steam early access tier already. I mean, the game was very unpolished, unready yet. So they seem very different to be yes. kind of making a they are. comparison in that way. I can't. For me, the the super open ended ones like Worlds Adrift, I can't kind of like get into. This one, Conan Exiles, seems like it's more focused. Like, I know what I got to do right away. Just kill people. You know, like, uh, get power. Kill get people to, get every to God. Game. Come on. You know? No, I don't know. But it just seems more focused or directioned than uh, Worlds mm-hmm. Adrift for me. <laughs> Are we going to be able to get keys? Uh, I'm going to try. We'll try. How much does the game cost if it's not? 30 bucks. bucks. Oh, that's not bad. I think, I think Sean already put in a request. Okay, cool. Nice. I, again, even if we can't get it, we'll, I'll probably end up buying it myself. I like how the character creator yeah, uh, is your, your your character creator starts uh, crucified to a cross, and that's how your mm-hmm. character you create your character while they're crucified to a cross. Oh my god, it's so violent! What? I love it. So they just they just went like ham on it. They were just like fuck uh, it, you know. <laughs> I uh, my only, my, I just hope that. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, and survival games, uh, they typically disappoint me when they release, like Ark, due to optimization issues. But I have faith. I'm going to give Funcom faith, and, and I'm going to hope that <laughs> the day one launch, things are smooth enough that we can play, and everything's kind of coherent. Uh, that's, that's, that's always my issue with survival games. You're right, you're right. Yeah, it's always an issue. And it's very pretty looking. So um, It it looks very like different from, from Rust, even, because... Well, survival games are a lot of like kind of just indulging in like being like a total ass, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be real. That's like what it is. It's like let's just like go around like barbarians and just kill each other. This game like takes it to the next level. Like freaking <laughs> dragging people back to your camp and eating them. Like it's just, it's, it's just like it's, it's, awesome. it's like it's like the ultimate like let me indulge in being an asshole of a human being like Asshole simulator, like, yeah. You just go maximum asshole in this game. You know? <laughs> All right, let's switch to something a little more lighthearted. Lighthearted. If, if you don't want to eat people, you know, cannibalism is not for you. Then you like why this. don't you go to South Korea, where they're going to launch a new cooking show based on World of Warcraft? So it's a World of Warcraft cooking show. Uh, oh, yeah? got the Blizzard Entertainment logo at the beginning, so it's official. And basically, they cook the meals from the game. The things you can That's cook awesome. in the game. You know, I actually bought the cookbook. There's actually a cookbook you can buy. I got <laughs> it at uh, Blizz, BlizzCon. It's a the world of official World of Warcraft cookbook. Here, let me grab it so I can kind of tell you what's in there. Right, be right back. <laughs> be right back one sec. This is actually this is happening, awesome. guys. This is not like a parody trailer. This is a actual show coming out in Korea. Is it going to yeah, be like basically- uh, every week, celebrity chef, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, Shoy Yun Suk will cook a different meal. He's a celebrity chef in South Korea, and he will have a special guest on the show who he will talk to about his time playing WoW. Apparently, he's a big fan. And we'll wow. get themed dishes like Murloc soup. Uh, and I, I mainly when I buy meals in uh, World of Warcraft, I always bought meat to feed to my pet. But I'm curious to see what dishes he'll be cooking. I wonder if he'll be using that cookbook. She was about to uh, bring back here. I'm back. Shu actually cooks in real life, so Shu, have you used any of those uh, recipes in uh, like? I just cooking? got it during BlizzCon, oh. so I haven't 
really had a chance to look through it, especially because like for um, uh, mm-hmm. my my birthday, I got like a shit ton of uh, cookbooks. So let's see here. Appropriate. I think this is a really fun idea. This is a uh, real thing. It's thirty-five bucks. Actually, you can actually buy it. It's hilarious. <laughs> Crispy bat wings, which are just chicken wings. Wow, chickens are not bats, guys. <laughs> Yo, I kind of <laughs> want to buy this too now. <laughs> oh, you're looking at the cookbook? Yeah. The man who would who doesn't even want to grind his own tea leaves thinks he's gonna use a cookbook, a wild thing cookbook. That's pretty much just like a lot of uh, the recipes from like the game. I mean, mm-hmm. they're clearly not gonna be like disgusting. Real dragon, real dragon stew and shit. <laughs> wow, they could be. They right? kind they of could approximate be. it, you know. With Shoot, the, do you have to cook the same meal again and again so that way then you can cook the next meal? I'll take lock the next page. I do. It's like it's locked. You have to cook Murloc soup 30 times. Yeah, I mean, the the recipes look pretty good in here. I haven't really tried any of them yet, but um, they look pretty okay. pretty good. And the, the book is just well presented, I think. It has like the little icon of, um, has like the picture of it made, and it has like a picture in the corner that says skill level. So it says <laughs> skill level. So, so for example, I'm looking at this uh, cranberry chutney. It says skill level apprentice, cooking 35 to 40 minutes. <laughs> You know what always shocked me? How MMORPGs, uh, and games in general, got people that are so lazy to do chores in the game for hours that they wouldn't do in real life. So, like, imagine you're playing an MMORPG and it's a quest to, like, tidy up the place before, like, the guest comes. And you're, like, you have to, like, right-click and, like, channel for 20 seconds on each object or something. Like, what are you doing with your life? And, like, and your own room is, like, a mess behind you. It's like... That's uh, that's me IRL right there. Yeah. Me IRL. Me too. You're not a real gamer unless you have a messy room, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. You can 100%. tell. You can tell if a person's a real gamer or not. I disagree. I think the their... trick is to have nothing in your room. That way, it can't be messy. <laughs> well, I mean, no, that, that's clean. You, you can you can pass if you have nothing in your room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh... go ahead. Oh no! I was, well, there was a there was a lull, so I was going to switch topics. But if you guys would like to stay on this, no, no, no I'm I, done well, with cooking. It's enough cooking. All right, all right, okay, go ahead. So go ahead. Before before we get too far off of the survival game topic, I I, I just want to bring this up because it's so fucking weird. Okay, so Snail Games, who published Ark Survival Evolved as a free to play game in China, announced that they're making PixArk, which sounds too close to Pixar in my opinion. <laughs> Not the point. Okay, so PixArk is basically Ark if it were also Minecraft. Like, if you look at it, it looks just like Minecraft, but it's Ark. It's what? the weirdest what thing. What is Ark about this so far? This is awesome. You'll and, dinosaurs, but in, in pixel form. Oh, that's cute. And then all the... And it'll have, like, voxel-based, like, worlds and everything. And the weird part, right? They're going to completely reproduce the basic gameplay of Ark... <sighs> And then put in this extra ecological system or ecological system where mm. you can actually completely make a certain species extinct in a certain area. Wow. Look, I'm, I'm impressed. They're trying to teach you about uh, ecology and shit. They're trying to do pretty well with climate change. <laughs> I just, I think is this not the weirdest thing? It is super I weird, like it. but I like it. And here's why. I like it. You know yeah. how everything basically in the West today, like everything gets a Lego makeover, right? Whether it's Batman, Star Wars, Harry yeah. Potter. Imagine uh, in the not too distant future, everything's going to get a Minecraft makeover because Minecraft's so big now with kids. Mm-hmm. 
So I can imagine like uh, uh, instead of Lego Star Wars, Minecraft Star Wars, or or Mario Star, you know, Mario Minecraft, you know, whatever. So and I think then, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Go ahead. I like the graphics in this a lot more than I like the graphics in Ark. What? I mean, I like I like the, the the Minecraft graphics more so than the realistic graphics for the most part. That's that's like my that personal take. I like that they completely redid the logo in pixel form. Yeah, that is such a nice touch. And they that's are publishing. They 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 have the free to play version of Ark as well. So they'll have they'll have the real dinosaur one that's free to play, and they'll have the the pixelated one alongside it, right? But, but wait, there's more. Okay. <laughs> Ark is also getting turned into, and they have nothing for this yet. So they're also turning Ark into Ark Go for mobile. And I have what? no idea what it is now. They don't have any press releases, anything. It's just a sign-up form or basically like, here's our like Weibo community or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's it. But they're making Ark Go. There's always a mobile version, guys. Remember, we talked about this, I think, last week. There's always a, a company mobile version of everything now because of how big mobile is getting. And it's just, it's so weird. Like, they have one image, and it's just this anime girl with, like, the cartooniest dinosaurs you have ever seen. <laughs> here, here it is. I just... I never expected Ark to be this franchise. That it would be the one that does oh, all yeah, this. Oh, you're crap. right. Look at this. This seems like so. This is so weird. This is so cute. You know, she's got the she's got the cat ear, the cat ear earphone things. <laughs> Look at the little dinosaur. Look how cute it is. They really cutified Ark. They took Ark from like the the bloody realistic survival dinosaur game it was, <laughs> and just turned it into like chibi cute Asian. Wow. <laughs> Shoot. Do these, does this art style ring more with you or the current art graphics? Uh, I'm going to go this with one. this new one. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> Arc with waifu, is, it's going to happen. Definitely. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's 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 going to be better, but yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's going to be better, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and all we know right now is that it's an AR mobile game. I have not, no other details for you. And I just, I, Again, I just can't believe Ark is the franchise that is getting this treatment right now. I just That's really weird. In China too, where like they they, they just saw that like, the game was popular in America and like, you know, we're gonna make this into a huge franchise all of a sudden. In China, like this stuff isn't coming out in America. But who knows? If it does well in China, they'll probably release it here as well. Oh, right, I forgot to mention apparently Pixar is coming out globally later this year. Oh. Awesome, even better. Yeah, I wanna play Pixar. The game looks badass. I'm I hyped. love China. <laughs> yeah, China's awesome, all right. Well, speaking of speaking of China, all right, back to back to the MMORPG front. We talked about this, I think, last week or the week before. That Justice game, the one with the amazing graphics called Treacherous Waters Online. I still can't believe these are in-game graphics. There's something about it that seems like this looks way too pretty. Like, come on. That this game is coming out of the closed beta in July. In China. In China. In China. Yeah, it's but, basically again, just an engine demonstration. But yes, but they're saying... You're, these you're watching an Unreal Engine demonstration? Yeah, but it looks so pretty. The interface is going to ruin it, obviously. But oh, the interface is going to destroy it. Don't get me started. <laughs> it looks better than like the Unreal like demonstrations I've seen. Like This looks so pretty with the rain and the guy. Like This, like, it, this is going to be a the game with these graphics? The lightning light effects are so perfect. No yeah. game gets that right. It's nuts. 
But we'll see when the closed beta comes out. We'll see actual screenshots of the gameplay and more like player recorded videos. And I think that'll be a better representation of what the game actually ends up looking like rather than like the polished up trailer that the devs released. But they do say it's in game. Yeah. And just to note, it may be a closed beta in China and it may be hard to sign up for. But if Twilight Spirits is anything to go off of, it may be like 40 to 50 bucks, but you will probably be able to get a hold of a Chinese beta account. Uh, 40 50 i mean we'll, we'll see if we can get in I'll, I'll try registering on there you may need it uh whenever they open signups you may end up needing a chinese phone oh. the problem rip. rip but it's it's coming out we'll we'll, we'll, see, we'll see some actual uh, in-game stuff about it with the close beta in july so it's 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 happening they they at least get the games out all right they make it happen go china yeah, China gets games out. Well, they don't get dark and light out. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it's gonna happen. Just not this month. Next month, maybe. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Uh, I feel like I feel like all roads lead to Ragnarok, and I gotta bring up Ragnarok one more time because I've been playing Ragnarok Mobile, all right. And by playing, I mean letting it autoplay in the background. All right, this game actually launched at the open beta. Uh, a day earlier than it was supposed to, but anyone can play it. We we give a link to uh, where you can download it from TapTap. The good thing about these Chinese mobile games is if you're curious about it, it doesn't really require much effort to play. There's a guide on MMOs.com how to make an account, but you can make a guest account if you want without making a username and password, so it's even easier. But it's actually a really pretty game. Like It looks a lot like Ragnarok Online. I mean, more so than Ragnarok Online 2. I mean, the only possible negative I see about the game that people will probably not like, some people won't like, is the auto-combat feature. But beyond that, like it really lives up to some of the Ragnarok. Like, you have the job changes, the class, the same classes, the same music. The music is identical from the PC game. Like they didn't make a new soundtrack; they're just using the same, same tunes from the OG version. And this game is so popular right now. I'm playing it, and I see people like the places are, are full. And the only time I stop playing this, and by playing, I mean I, I let it run autoplay, right? Is when my battery runs out. The battery drain in this game is insane. I have my, my tablet, my NVIDIA Shield tablet, plugged into the wall, so it's charging my tablet, and my dimness on minimum, right? My screen dimness, and my, my battery runs out while wow. it's charging. I literally, it, it, it doesn't let you play 24-7, because you can't. You run out of battery while you're plugged in. That's funny. So, so I can only play like in these like 10-hour bursts before my battery dies while plugged in. I gotta remember to turn it back on again after it charges. But the game is actually not bad at all. I mean, if you like Ragnarok, give it a try. I mean, there's something to it. And it's actually like the 30th biggest mobile game in China right now on iOS. So it is booming. Like It's unbelievably popular. Uh, do we have any word on a Western release or potential? It's gonna, uh, yeah, I think it's going to. There's no word, but it's got to happen with how successful the game is. Hmm. No, it I doesn't. Mean, I mean, Fantasy Westward Journey never came over here, and it's mega successful. But that was also so old too. Like this is this is we, we, we the world wasn't as interconnected as it is today when when Fantasy Westward Journey came out, and because it's mobile, I feel like that also makes I mean, it a little more accessible. Fantasy Westward Journey had Westward in the name, and it couldn't even make the journey here. So, <laughs> what chance does Ragnarok have? <laughs> and and uh, uh, yeah, one, one last thing about gravity. Before, go ahead. Uh, I was just I, I just wouldn't get your hopes up. That's all. I mean, it I, could, I think it's gonna happen. It could, but I would not get your hopes up. <laughs> I mean, this game was such like a big hit for uh, for Gravity that like the company's stock has literally exploded off this game, and it just launched. Like, if you look at this this one year chart, I know this is a little out of the scope of the podcast, but Gravity does make this game. And prior, like 
word of this game. I mean, the, the company was trading at like five bucks a share, and now it's twenty bucks a share. Damn. So there, there were they went from being worth like eighteen million dollars. Entire company of Gravity was worth eighteen million U.S. dollars, and now they're worth like over seventy-five million. Like literally, right? I mean, because it's the thirtieth biggest mobile game in China on the top list on App Annie, they're making a killing, and they're obviously splitting that with a local developer. So it's it's nuts how big this game is for Gravity right now. And if you don't, even you know you don't want to play the mobile game, you kind of want it to be successful. They can fund like the continuing development of of Ragnarok Online One. So yeah, look game, at this, this game saved them. Look at this chart. It went five years. They, I know they dropped from like twenty three all the way down to five, and then bam, back up. Bam, mobile game saving them, boys. The last jump was because of Ragnarok Online Two, but then it's like, wait a minute, this game sucks, <laughs> and the stock went right down. <laughs> All right, so then uh, before we get off Chinese games, I just want to throw it out there. Demon Seals came out. It has a PC client, but you have to log in through one of the mobile versions. Um, it's a NetEase game made by the same people that made Revelation. And it was so incredibly popular that the queues were full on launch day. The queues... it, was, was there a queue to get into the queue? No, it just would tell you it was maxed out. The queues were full. It is... It is one of the biggest launches I have seen in recent times. I mean, wow. I've never seen a full queue. It, it has, and it's it's just a mobile ARPG. It looks really nice. Like, I mean, it is a gorgeous mobile ARPG, mm -hmm. but it, I would have never expected the queues to fill. Wow. I think, I think, I think a lot of these Chinese games will come to the West, and my reasoning was because um, NetEase, the second biggest game developer in China, they are actually already putting some of their games in, uh, in in the American market. I mean, if you go to NetEaseNA.com, like they have Tome of the Sun, Immortal Conquest, the beautiful all these all these Eternal Arena. So I think these companies are reaching to the Western audience. I mean, I don't know how successful any of these games are. I don't think they're particularly successful yet, but they're going to keep trying. And this Demon Seals game looks, uh, based on the trailer, just looks, looks pretty decent for you know, it looks graphically awesome for a mobile game. Yeah, I played it briefly. It's it's very much like an action RPG, but for mobile, it's just, it's very pretty, and mm -hmm. it plays well. And, I mean, it I, it took off. Like, it just skyrocketed immediately. Mm -hmm. I, I never saw that coming. Now, PC version's available, too, which is nice. So you got both. But you have to log in through a mobile client. Mm -hmm. You have to download it and put it on your mobile phone and play through the tutorial, at least. And then you get on PC. Yeah. Because you have to, it's... I have a guide for uh, Lineage 2 Blood Alliance for mm -hmm. the PC version, or Blood Oath. Sorry, Blood Alliance will not get you the search <laughs> results. Um, and it's a very similar process to that, where you have to go into the client, go into your options menu, pull up a QR scanner, and then scan a QR code that comes up on the screen of your computer. Mm -hmm. It's a ridiculous login process, and I don't understand it all, because they all make you log in through your base account for whatever service anyways, <laughs> so I just don't get why they make you do that. Cool. The, the the genre is getting bigger and bigger. Just I think the triple A Western stuff has, has slowed down, but the genre as a whole, I think because of China, Korea, those games will get the, the big ones will get exported here eventually. And I think it's gonna get more and more I mean Netties again, the Revelation and uh, the all the mobile games they're doing in the West. So Big games from Revelation from Netties will come here. Moonlight Play is going to come here. So because of Asia's influence, it's going to get bigger and bigger in the West because of that. All right, so I just have to point out this comment, okay? 
Hmm. So in in chat right now, yesterday my sister who plays Dragomon Hunter complained to me that the game is being casualized and she doesn't like it. Any recommendations for games for thirteen year old girls? Your sister is badass. A thirteen year old girl thinks that this is being casualized. That's that's pretty funny. You got, I like it. I mean, has your, she your tried sister, the your other sister's a badass. Aria games, the other um, Twin Saga. I mean, that yeah. that's the next like logical one to try if she if she liked yeah. Dragomon Hunter. That's just, your sister's pretty badass to call a game too casual at age 13. Damn. Yeah. Uh, if she thinks that's too casual, I think she should try out that new Conan game coming out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next logical game to that's try. That's the next, the next jump, you know? <laughs> I think that's a jumping a few steps there. Uh, I'd say probably Aura Kingdom would be a good one. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think we are done for the week. Any All right. Last well, well, we got, we got, we got to sneak in. Uh, well, we got to end with a Western. We, we had like four Chinese things in a row. All right. All right. Let's hear it. Stormblood is available for pre-ordering. That's the expansion to Final Fantasy. Did you say Western? That's not Western. What the fuck? Nice oh, right. sorry. You're right, you're That's right. even what more to the east fuck? of Japan. Never mind. What the fuck, man? <laughs> oh, to the east of China. <laughs> if you go west enough, you'll get to it, all right? If you go west enough from America, you'll go to Japan before China and Korea. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. All right, guys. If you guys want to complain about social justice, you can target this old mayor guy over here. All right, all right, all right, all right fine, fine. All right, that's, that's where we end the, the podcast. You know what we'll Mr. Adolf said. Uh, Japanese are honorary Aryans. All right. Yeah, of course. There you go. <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> oh, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. Peace, guys. See you guys next week. Later, guys. Later. Later. Later.